can hear you. Good, yay, I hear you. Oh, you, that's, sound uh, very, you sound very in studio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's... As you are. As you are, yeah. Now it's going to get serious after not talking about um, Eastead. Is that how you right. pronounce it? Yeah, Eastead. Eastead. So do you, do you speak Swedish? Um, I, do, I, I am getting better every day. Let's just put it that way. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm fluent or anything, but I definitely, I can make my way you know, in the world a little bit. That's so cool. So, How long have you lived there for? Um, going on three years, it'll be three years in March. So, but most, most everybody here speaks English. So that's yeah. my hardest thing is that as soon as they hear my accent, they oh. immediately speak to me in English. So it's like, my husband's always saying, no, talk to her in Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to learn. You know? ah, they're so cool too. And everyone, yeah, like I said, they speak perfect English. I've, they I've, do. I've only been to uh, Stockholm, but um, yeah. They, they... It's such a pretty city. I love Stockholm. Yeah, it's great. So are you full-time with the moth over in uh, in Eastead? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I started with the moth. At, um, the first moth show I went to was in 1997. Um, and I kind of fell in love with it. And, and uh, so I've been working with them in a, you know, in the beginning in a volunteer capacity until we were able to kind of cobble together budgets and, and actually make pay ourselves to do the work. And, um, and three years ago, my father-in-law passed away and we just had this opportunity to, to move. We inherited a house and, and it was kind of one of those things where, um, the work that I'd done at the moth, you know, it's always on the phone or on the, uh, over email. It, it, it doesn't really matter where I sit. So, you know, yeah. So I fly I fly back to New York uh, a couple times a year, and then I fly to London. I do all the London shows. Right. So you're the Europe person. I am. I'm Moth Europe. <laughs> <laughs> you should have a business card with that on. Moth I Europe. know, right? <laughs> Just don't even say your name. Right. So, I'm Moth Europe. Are you from a radio background yourself? No. You know, I studied um, I studied documentary film and journalism in college. Okay. And, uh, and I was really interested in in that, you know. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be in in that kind of realm, um, and so I think that's I I got my first jobs out of school were working in in TV in New York. I was working in television and film, and uh, there was something about the moth that spoke to that documentary journalistic side of me, and mm-hmm. uh, I was just fascinated that people would get up and share their life experience. It was just. I found it really moving. So <laughs> I, my first capacity with the moth was really finding stories because that was the thing. I wasn't interested in getting up and telling them myself. I was much more interested in um, finding people who had unique stories and encouraging them to do it. Yeah. Um, because the thing about the moth that I found so attractive was that it wasn't just performers. You know, It was mm-hmm. people from all walks of life could get up and tell a story. You just had to have an interesting story. And and over the years, we started to see what made for a successful story. And uh, and so we started to help people craft more and more their stories. And um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. That's always fascinated me about that kind of thing, with that relationship with telling a story and how good that translates into a podcast, right? Because the, the thing I love about podcasts generally is that you've got, it's quite, it feels quite an intimate situation where someone's telling a story and it almost feels like you're the only person that is, and it's like it's almost like a one-on-one type situation. And that's, that's the thing I love about the moth is that that really translates to a radio show. Um, and you've got this this procession of podcasts that are doing something similar you know, from a slightly different angle, like um, 
uh, it escapes me now, but what's it called with them? Um, uh, mortified podcast, you know, when they just tell yes. stories about their diary and things, and it, it's it's fantastic medium. So the the process, um, you can tell me a bit more about the process about how you choose the stories that you then release as the radio show, as the radio hour, and the podcast. Sure, I mean it starts it starts first with um, with a search of of trying to find stories, you know, unique stories, stories that have some sort of universality, but at the same time are unique enough uh, that kind of take us to, you know, take us way outside of of just that universal thread, but kind of take us to a place where, as a listener, we may not have ever gone um, and trying to find those stories. And then we, we once we, and, and like I said, it's people from all over. It doesn't have to be a performer. It can be, you know, I'm working right now with a gentleman who's a, he's a computer analyst, basically, you know, and he, or a computer programmer, I should say. And he, um, and working with him on his story. And and by working on the story, I mean, you know, our, we'll have a couple of conversations. And the first conversation is about um, how we structure a story and how you, mm-hmm focus in on what that story is about and what elements of that story are important for you to tell and for you to share. And, and then we work on that story over the course of however many weeks, you know, um, you know, my job is to be kind of an oral listener, an oral editor, um, is the better phrase, oral editor (laughs) to, um, and to help just make sure that, that questions are answered and, Mm -hmm. and that everything is clear. And then, from there they go on stage and tell their story and it's like what you were saying about that intimacy it's amazing you know sometimes we'll go to a venue and the venue is a place where big band you know music musical bands will play and and we'll get there and the the tech guys are like so you just want one microphone I'm like yeah just one microphone right in the center yep in the center of the stage one microphone and just one spotlight just one spot and I'm like yep one spotlight you know and it's and but it's amazing how when a person stands at that mic and tells a story to a room full of you know anywhere from 300 to 3000 people mm-hmm. you know it feels so small that room because you're focused on that person and when you dim the lights and it's dark and the only sense that you're really engaging is your is listening you know it's a pretty incredible it does make a room feel small and very intimate yeah. um and then from there we listen. Sometimes we'll take a live show. You know, we'll do a live from London, or we'll do a live from Portland, Maine, or from Iowa, and and uh, we'll you know edit down. We won't get to put all of the stories together, but we'll put say three stories from that live show together, mm-hmm. along with the host, and we'll do a live hour. Or then there are, there are um, several of us who co-host the radio hour, and we will pick stories and try to put them together you know, not always with themes. Sometimes, you know, we just pick a series of stories that we think complement in some way, or we group them in a theme that feels authentic and real to, or organic to the hour and, and we'll group them together. And, and then we tell you a little bit more about the person or the experience or, or our experience working with them. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's how it kind of goes from beginning to to radio great and i'm i'm curious about how these people are like you said they're not necessarily public speakers in their day job so uh, do they tend to get more nervous as it gets to the point where they have to perform or is it something that you have to coach them to practice and then when it comes to the day they just perform and it's they've done it so many times that they're really comfortable and 
um it, it, or does it i mean i presume or you know people did react to it in different ways yeah i mean i think i think really every storyteller is different you know my job with each story each story i work on is always just a little bit different and um some people need a lot of help structuring some people need um help editing you know some people some people need confidence building you right, know and yeah. a lot of times when you are working with people who who have never been on a stage before, um, the biggest part of the job is just reminding them and getting them to a place where they really honestly feel confident that they can do it. Yes. And then, yes. you know, once once they've done it, they'll leave the stage and say they want to do it again. You know, <laughs> it's really, it's, but it's, I mean, it's a big part of the job and you learn yeah. over the years how to how to see, you know, when, because people react in different ways to those nerves and, mm. and um but I think sometimes it is about running it, letting them tell it to you over and over a few times so that they realize that they know their story and they're not going to, they live their story. They're not going to forget it. Yeah. You know, they can, lived it. I can imagine though, when you see them on stage, it's almost like that proud moment of, you know, if you're coaching someone and you see them actually doing it in front of all these people, I suppose it's like a proud parent at school. Do you know, is it, yes. do you have that feeling? No, you do. You get really bonded. You know, it's funny. In my most recent radio hour that I recorded, I was talking about how you become bonded to these people who share their stories with you and you yeah. you talk to them and you hear about their lives and, you know, only so much of it makes it into that 10-minute, 12-minute story. And, you know, I just worked with a gentleman in Martha's Vineyard who, you know, his father was a fisherman, his grandfather was a fisherman, he's a fisherman, has lived on this island for three generations. Um and he grew up here. He's never, you know, he'd never left there and um, he'd never been on a stage. And he was like, <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? And yeah. he told this kind of gorgeous story. It really felt like somebody had opened up a family album and just flipped through the pictures and, and told us about his grandfather coming from Norway and like these really kind of beautiful moments of growing up in that place. Mm. And, and he was so scared. He, he, he got up on stage and at one point got so nervous and he looked, he looked at the audience. And he was like, they told me I should breathe when this happens, <laughs> <laughs> but he got a standing ovation. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. That's so and good. Just loved him so much because I think he is so real and authentic yeah. who he is. And, and it isn't what he does for a living. You know, it's, yeah. There's, I say there's something really interesting about the audience. When you get up and share something, the audience leans in and they're super supportive and they want you to do well. But when you get up and you perform and you put on an act, they immediately lean back and they yeah. put on their theater critic hat yeah. and they judge, oh, you did that well. Yeah. Oh, well done there. That's a, you know, and it's a different energy. Absolutely. And I think that's why I love the moth. I love listening to the moth as well, but it, because it is that genuine side of uh, performance where you, you can tell that the person talking isn't making it up and it does come from a real place. And, you know, it's got it's got the reaction from the crowd and it's like being in the room. Right. So it's like you're part of their life. And it's, it's a really lovely thing. Um, so in terms of uh, you said you've been working on the moth for a few years now. Have you got any favorite stories over the years that that you you particularly that particularly stand out for you that you might want other people to maybe go back and and listen to as well? Oh, that's so hard. Uh, yeah. You, you <laughs> yeah, don't have to. You don't have to. No, no. I mean, it's hard because I have so many favorites, mm. you know. They're like it depends on um, you know, I'll be talking to somebody and, and, you know, a certain story will pop into my head. Oh, you should really listen to this story. It reminds me of something, you know, it's like, there are so, so many yeah. 
fun stories. I mean, if you want to have your heart broken, you can listen to a story that's on our podcast this week, um, or it's on the radio right now, I think. Maybe it's on the podcast next week. But it's, And it's a repeat, but Carl Pilateri, who was um, at Fukushima when the earthquake struck. Right. It's just a riveting and an uh, intense story it really just it it breaks your heart but at the same time you know there's a lot of a lot of um you know it, it's a first a first person account of this thing we all heard about mm. and he, not only was he there but he was in reactor one working on it right i mean so i think that's the other thing i love about the moth is it has this ability to take you into a place um mm. and live and see it and and kind of experience something through the eyes of someone else um, firsthand. And I think that's kind of, that's incredibly powerful. So that's a great story. I mean, there's so many great stories, you know, uh, Daryl McDaniels from DMC told an amazing story about his love of Sarah McLaughlin's angel. That's an amazing story. You know? <laughs> it's like, so great. Yeah. I, that's the, you're absolutely right. Every time I listen to it, it is, you know, you, you have one story that makes you laugh another story that makes you cry and you kind of by the end of it you're you're walking around the supermarket in tears <laughs> but what, what are you okay nice it's fine it's fine I'm just going through an emotional journey of someone who came through an illness and now they're achieving their goals it's fine i'll pay for this bit of broccoli it's all right. but you know i feel like people really in they want to feel you know i feel like that's part of the the appeal is like oh, yeah, feeling those yeah. emotions and connecting to somebody on such an emotional level even though you know, it's it's a yeah. I mean, it's a podcast, but at the same time, you really do connect to people. It's really kind of interesting. Yeah, and I love it how it's international too. You know, it's not just it's 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 stories that. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. That you know, if you're listening anywhere in the world, people, it's not there's no cultural barriers necessarily. Everyone goes through you know family issues and that kind of thing. So, um, just going just quickly going on to the London Podcast Festival. So, uh. You're doing this on the 26th of September? Yes. Okay, so it's about a month yeah. away. Yeah. And you're going to be there, right? Are you going to be hosting? I am. Yes. Okay. I Well, no, I don't host. There's someone else who will be hosting. Okay. Um, we have, you know, usually our regular hosts who are there. They're much more entertaining than me. Uh, I don't believe <laughs> it. Know. Don't believe it. <laughs> I am. I, I, but my job for the live shows is to find stories and to work with the storytellers and help them craft their stories. So, okay. which is where I am right now. I'm, you know, I just got off the phone with, uh, with I've just had two back-to-back phone calls with people in London talking stories potentially for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but in terms of, of that process, I always, you know, we work on stories and if it's ready in time, then we figure out, you know, we put it into a show, but um, so we don't have it quite, it's not all, the lineup's not quite there, but yes, right. I will be. So it, 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 for people who are going to go to the show, um, what kind of thing is it? Is it something that um, you, you edit down to go into the radio hour or is it something that if you go to a live recording, you get something slightly different? Is, is, there, is there any differences in, in what they hear on the radio to what they might see if they go around to a live show? Yeah, I mean, I think the difference between the podcast and the, and the live event is that you, the energy in the room of a live event is priceless. Mm. It's just, it's amazing to be in that room and feel it get small and, and be there with all of those people experiencing the same range of emotions, you know, like having tears in your eyes and turning to the stranger next to you who is also, you know, has tears in her eyes, you know, or, 
you know, and so on. I think it's, it's, there's something really beautiful about the energy of the room and Union Chapel is just one of the most spectacular spaces to do this into. It's just such a gorgeous venue. Mm. So, um, if you've never been, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, but the, um, but, you know, in terms of the radio show, we do, you know, we'll take, sometimes somebody might reference someone else's story or they might make a comment that, you know, is out of place with within their story that they just, you know, kind of threw in because they were nervous. We might make a trim here and there. But for the most part, what you hear on the stage is what you hear in the recording. You know, yeah. we don't do a lot of editing. You know, we might do yeah. something here and there just to clean something up a bit, a bit but we don't tend to overly well, edit. Well, I hope to get myself down it's uh it, it, the whole month i mean the, the podcasting festival is a a really good opportunity in the uk especially because i know in the states they have uh quite a few of these uh events maybe there's one in chicago and one in la i think where you get a lot of the popular shows coming down and doing live shows but this is the first of uh, this kind of event in the uk and so i'm re really looking forward to actually seeing some of the the shows that i, I listen to on a regular basis such as the moth you know being acted out um, in front of my eyes, and uh, but good, but uh, am I right in thinking that you have shows in the UK anyway that aren't just part of this festival? You you'll have nights, the Moth Nights. Um, in we London. do. We have a we have a monthly story slam, um, and you can go on the Moth dot org and look under London, look under events, live events, and look for London, and it will list all the story slams. And a story slam is where you can go and put your name in the hat for a chance to tell us a, a five minute story on a theme. It's a lot of fun. It's super fun. Have you and have then, you done that? Sorry, have you have you done that? Have I ever put my name in a yeah. hat? Yeah. I have not, but a lot of people that I work with have. <laughs> so, so it's yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's like I like the idea, but oh, I don't know. Do you, would yeah. would you ever be tempted to? Oh no, I would totally do it. It's just not. It's just it has never been the. I I was always so much more interested in listening. Okay, and. And finding the stories, like going after the person in Wolverhampton who has the incredible story that nobody yeah. has heard. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that for me is the challenge and the fun. Um, for other people, it's getting on stage in front of a, a room full of people, which is fun. And, and I, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. But I just, you know, it's just never been, it's never really been something I've. <laughs> you know? I was, I was going to joke and say, so we'll give you five minutes now. <laughs> but I, I'm only, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, but that's 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 really great meg thanks very much for your time um i'm just trying to think what else uh, yeah so you've you've mentioned the website you've mentioned what it's about and what's coming up is is there anything else you want to you want to plug you want to mention you want to talk about about any other upcoming episodes or anything else you're up to no uh, you know the only other thing i would say is that we have a pitch line that you can call, um, you can go through the website or you can do it over the phone where you, if you have a story that you want to tell and you'd like a chance to work on it for a main stage, you call the pitch line, you give a two minute pitch and um, will you listen to every pitch? And, and if we like it, we'll call you back. Awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. I get a lot of stories that way. You find a lot of interesting people from that. That's amazing. Well, Meg Bowles from The Moth, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, that's that's really great. Thank you. And um, I, I think I'm just going to uh, we're just going to preview the the moth and a few others from the from the podcast festival. Send it out as a newsletter, maybe this week or next week, and then um, kind of uh, put this on SoundCloud. Um, oh, cool. 
and just yeah just so people if they if they're going can maybe listen to this for a bit of extra information so i appreciate your time excellent thank you so much i appreciate it that's great and uh yeah good luck with everything thanks i hope to see you at the show yes hopefully uh thanks cheers mate okay Bye. bye